2: Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. Championship football is back on its way on Saturday as Luton Town travel to Middlesbrough. It's also Rob Edwards' first game in charge of the Hatters, so it's set to be an exciting day. And to top it off, it's Luton—not Luton—it's England versus France in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. We'll be speaking a little bit over that as well. What a day it could potentially be, but also at the same time it could be it could be a horrible one. But that's the that's the life of following football. And joining me today to speak for it all, we've got Jake Blackwood and Luke Walsh. Jake, how are you
3: getting on? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again, Billy. Uh, on on this podcast, I finally uh, made it. Came off the subs bench, and uh, yeah, looking <laughs> looking to make an impact.
2: It's great to have you both on. As you say, it's it's Luke's debut. Jake, second time on, is it? Yeah, second time. Perfect. So yeah, two two pretty much newbies to it all. We'll get started with a bit of England. Um, it's been chaos as it always is to do with England. Um, social media exploding at anything bad, a, a backwards pass, but that's what we've come to expect with with. England Twitter fans. But on the pitch, what have you made of all so far, Jake?
4: Oh, I think England have been really brilliant. I think people are underestimating them. You see, they beat Senegal, who are actually the African champions. People are saying, oh, it's going to be a difficult game. They wiped the floor with them, won 3-0. Um, people are saying, oh, yeah, but France, they're going to be very difficult to beat. I think if you stop Mbappe, you have a good chance of winning that game. I think France have got more to fear than we have. So, if People are saying Carl Walker is the key to stopping Mbappe. I'm not sure. Harry Maguire and Stones have done a phenomenal job this World Cup and in the past stopping players like that. You see, when we beat Germany in the Euros in uh, last year, which was meant to be 2020, uh, they had Timo Werner up front, who's just as quick as Mbappe. Obviously not as clinical, but they did the job. So why can't they do it again?
2: And Luke looking at England so far um it was a little bit of a surprise when we started with a back four i think a lot of people have been calling for it but southgate has used his trusted five at the back formation would you go back to a five at the back to to try and stop mbappe or are you on the sort of same thinking as jake there where you know they should really play to our strengths and it's about us
3: I think you have to. England have to play to their strengths. I mean, I'll I'll preface my my whole um, argument as saying I'm a proud Irishman. So seeing any England success is 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 a level of hell equal to seeing Watford win the Premier League and the Champions League. Like it's you know it's something that we never want to see. But you know if 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 they're good enough and they've got the the quality enough, which I think England do, um, you know, like like I said, their performance in last year's Euros was was impressive and you know, they are going up against Mbappé and, and France, but it's tournament football. It's, it's not, you know, a Champions League home and away. It's, it, it's one match. It's a quarterfinal of the world cup. And if England show up, they, they have, they have a chance, you know, Kylian Mbappé may, may be one of the best players in the world, but you know, he, he has an off day. And what we what we've seen in, in, in this whole world cup is, you know, you, you never know what result you're going to get. We've just seen uh, Morocco knock out Spain uh, on penalties. You know, earlier in, in the group stage, we've seen Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. You know, it, it's you, you cannot ex- guarantee that one game will go one way or the other, and I think France, all France, got to do is have a, a bad day in the defensive line, and England stand a good chance. And you know, it, I, I, I look forward to watching the game. In, in, in either result, I think it'll be a, a very interesting contest.
2: Yes, as you say, it should be a very, very interesting contest too. Very, very good teams. And as you alluded to there, it seems very, very wide open at this point. It doesn't seem that there's a team that have been massively better than any other side. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to see who will win. But we'll go on to Luton. This is why we're here with the Oak Road Hatter podcast. So we've got to speak Luton and the rob edwards era is about to start and, and just we've had an episode where we spoke about him we'll speak about him a little bit more in this one but he's also got a transfer window to prepare for looking at the situation as it is looking at the current squads of course edwards will be assessing his options as we speak where do you think he needs to strengthen? Is there a particular area of pitch that, that you feel we
4: may need to, to add another player in come January? I think defensively, we definitely need to strengthen. Um, the injury to Reese Burke was obviously a blow. I think he should be back now. Obviously, the World Cup break's given a lot of time for that. But I still don't think that we've covered and got someone in to replace Naismith. You can see the clear hole there. And also just in front of the defence, defensive midfielder, I think that's still a problem as well. The midfield we have is strong, but we haven't got someone defensively that can do the work, I don't think. So those two positions are definitely the most important to cover this
3: transfer window. 100%. And I think you, know, you have to really be a deaf and blind Luton Town fan to realise that our defensive form has just been poor. Um, we've certainly given Tide, especially in, in, in late on in the second half, a chance to, you know, st- you know, steal two points off of us and, and come away with a point to even all three. Um and again, where, where we've been linked with Regan Paul, who we'll talk about, and somebody like Michael Hector as well, uh, as, as only two names that could really bolster the, the back four. Um, you know, we, we, we need to work on it quite quickly. And um, yeah, hopefully that'll be the That'll, that'll be the missing piece of the puzzle to hopefully um, keep Lutton strong and together. And hopefully, you know, who knows what conversation we might, we might be having at the start of May going into April.
2: I'm in the camp of thinking that with the defensive options that we've currently got, we've done well to concede as little, as, as few goals as we've conceded so far with, you know, losing Peter Kioso and Cal Naismith. It's been good so far, but these injuries keep creeping in and we just can't afford to go into the second half of the season you know, relying on somebody like James Bree, who's done a very good job when he's come in, but but to continually go into that right centre-back role. It's something he's done well, but you don't want to become reliant on that and then lose his output from, 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 same from right
4: wing-back. Same with Amari Bell. You can't keep relying on him there. I think he works better out wide. And the loss to Dan Potts is huge because... Everyone knew he's not the best fullback in the world, but going into center back he's completely re- revitalized his season he's played brilliant there, and then obviously he's picked up a back injury which could see him be out for a lot longer, which is not a good not a good sign at all
2: I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it when i because I seen the challenge I was at Blackpool, so I seen what happened, and it just seemed that he'd done something to his leg, and it come out that he's what fractured fractured his back oh, I don't know what it was, but something that sounded really really messy. Um, so yeah, hopefully he's back relatively soon. Of course, I think, um, I think it's going to be asking a lot for, for him to be back in the next couple of weeks, but hopefully we've got Lockyer back. Um, of course, he's, he's been away with Wales, Reese Burke, as you say. Hopefully, he's back. We don't really know too much. Press, um, Rob Edwards will be speaking to the press tomorrow, you would think. So I guess that will be a good indicator of where the squad is, current players he's got available and and probably answers the questions that I've got here. Just looking as well, the defensive midfield role, of course, um, we've seen this season Jordan Clark and Alan Campbell play slightly deeper with with Luke Freeman playing slightly more advanced. but We've also seen Henry Lansbury hold the midfield and and let the the two, um, I guess, more... Um, energetic midfielders in Clark and Campbell played just slightly ahead. Is it about this? Def- you both mentioned a defensive midfielder there. Is it about finding a Henry Lansbury two somebody that will run through walls, but also has got that technical ability, or, or is there anything else that you would like to see in a holding midfielder if we were to go down that route?
3: I mean, I I just want to interject about Tom Lockyer and about Hovarth as well as, but you know, I think we, we've spoken a lot in in, in our chat where. You know, seeing them both go to the World Cup was, was, was impressive, but not to see them play a single minute was incredibly frustrating. I think you know, as much as it was an experience as such for them to be able to go with the camp and go with the team, to not play a minute in, in, in the tournament for Luton fans was a bit of a disappointment because we know that both players for, for both countries are, are, are better than that and were able to step up. Um, so in, in terms of what Lockheed will bring coming back into the side earlier than ex- Wales well, would have expected, um, I think will show a lot as to, you know, how much he's been putting in training and, um, you know, just sort of the divide of not being in um, domestic football for over a month. So it's, it's it'll be a, a true sign to see how, how well he plays. Um, and, and I think, to, to your point, I think a, a, anyone with an attacking mentality and, and able to push forward you know, as and when we, we require it on, on, on set plays or, or an open play, I think I think he's such a, a powerful tool. I mean, you know, the, the way that Cal Naismith sort of lit up our season, to, especially in, in, in the second half after January, was was mesmerizing. I mean, we, we'd never really seen anyone in, in a defensive line really push that forward and, and was and was getting good good goals and, and and was really helping the team get together and 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 gel. So I think that that that's got to be one of the main qualities that, that we look out for. But it, it, it it's a fine balance between how much pressure do we put on. Morris and Adibe up front, and then keeping the back four um, a solid. That that that's always the the fine line in the midfield, uh, just in the midfield line, both defensively and attacking field. Jake, what do you think?
4: I think it will be hard to find another player like Henry Lansbury. You just don't get footballers like footballers like that anymore. It's just a different generation now. But I think you're never going to find someone who can pass the ball just as well as him. But Elliot Thorpe could be a player that we could use in that position. I know he's not getting much time at Burton at the moment. Obviously, I wrote that loan article the other day. But if he comes back in, maybe Rob Edge will see something in him, gives him a chance, and maybe we have another Henry Lansbury on our our hands. But you never know.
2: I guess with that as well, um, I was going to mention him in a sort of a separate segment, but I might as well bring him into the argument here. Casey Petit. Somebody that that um, Jamie and Stephen have heard me bang on about a lot. I think he's I think he's the real deal. I think he's somebody that's going to go on and, and captain Luton and, and really enjoy a good career. I don't technically. I think he, he's brilliant. I think he reads the game very well. He's got the, the levels of uh, athleticism. He's a leader. I think he ticks a lot of boxes for for you know a, a young player looking to to make his mark in a professional setting. Also think about the the new management that have come in. I think Richie Kyle, I think he's going to be massive to to helping develop young players. I think Petit's going to be one of those that that will be knocking on the door, as he has done this season. He's been on the bench numerous times. I think that, that maybe the second half of this season might be a little bit too early for him, but I do think Petit will be... Looking at Lansbury, those two will be working close together uh, and I think he'll be the future of Luton Town. I don't know what you two think, but that's just one observation from watching him in and around the, the first team setup, in in sort of glimpses and, and in development games as well that I've been, been to um, see. So, yeah, I don't know what you two think, but Casey Petit for me is a very, very good player that I'm excited
4: for. I think his development really depends on where we finish this season. So if we're struggling down the bottom or fighting for a playoff spot, he's obviously not going to get the game time because we need to play our strongest eleven. But if we're sitting mid-table, which doesn't usually happen in Championship or Luton's history, we're always fighting for one or the other, he might get a chance. So... He's obviously just got to train with Lansbury and keep going. Rob Edwards and, obviously, previously Nathan Jones have stated how much they rate the player. Yeah. So, he's clearly got something there and hopefully we see him come through soon enough.
3: Yeah, and and I think, you know, I, I said this a lot to fans, that when Lansbury and Jerome both came in, um, I think it was the start of last season or the season before, I, I, I sort of laughed a little bit because of, you know, Lansbury's been around for years. Jerome has been quite a football league veteran. Uh, with, with the amount of clubs he's, he's played for. But seeing both players make an absolute transformation of of, of um, the changing room and, and being able to bring not only their experience, but also show the quality that they can bring um, when, when within a, a well-structured side has just been I- impressive. And I think Lansbury, is, like like you said, Billy, is one of a kind. Um, and as for Casey and, and, and Elliot coming through, I think... With, with with touching wood, I think another good FA Cup run would be able to, to do that. I mean, I think it was Elliot who played the fourth round against Cambridge, if I remember rightly. Um, I think he went off injured. Uh, if my my memory serves me right. Um, and you know, it's games like that where yeah, the younger players can have that run out and and be able to see what what they can do. Um, but you know, you also have to factor in this. We have had just had a, a winter World Cup, which is disrupted a good portion of the season where these younger players would start to be looked at and start to be uh, developed. And, you know, only Luton have had one mid-season break game, I think, um, against Reading behind closed doors, which I think was a 1-1 draw. Um, so Rob Edwards really has some difficult games coming up now where, you know, he may not choose to um, pick the younger players and, and stick to with experience. So um, I think those choices will, will, will be crucial.
2: Then going on to any possible departures, of course, um, it's the January transfer window. It's not just about incomings. There's also potential outgoings. Do you see anybody, uh, before we go on to the loan players and players that could potentially be loaned out for, for player development, do you see anybody in the current squad attracting interest from, say, a higher level or a championship club with a, with a big purse? Do you see, you know, the likes of Colton, Colton Morris or, or Alan Campbell attracting interest at this stage or <clears throat> into the Colton
4: Morris situation? Is it still a little bit too early? Morris is always going to attract people. His goal scoring record proves that. Just hopefully nothing too high up. But if something does come in, if we get the right price, you've got to take it. If there's someone offering, I don't know, seven figures, but in the higher end, from five, six million, it it'll be crazy not to take it.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, the, the rumours of Elijah being um, transferred away over the summer was concerning, especially when we hadn't really seen what Calm uh, could bring to the team. Um, so it, it would break my heart, but you know, I could see him leaving for, for, for the right price. Um, but I, I, I think the, the, the window, I think, as I said, will be Edwards' true test of you know, who he really wants to keep and, and, and where he's, his vision for the club wants to come in 2023. If he gets rid of some defenders, then we want to see some coming in in the, in the other direction. And I think, um, I mean, a lot of people have, have said Nathan Jones possibly looking to scout some players for Southampton, but, you know, it's, it will all depend on how Rob sees the side going forward and especially in the second half of the season where, you know, Nathan's legacy of, what, nearly six years combined um, is, is, is being moved on and, and, and now it's the Rob Edwards era of, of football. So, um, I think, whoever does leave um I think will be a very difficult decision it won't be an easy one to, to to move out
4: I think the World Cup could have also helped us a little bit because there's that gap and then people have not seen the players play as much just given them a rest so <clears throat> you haven't seen them in their true form and performing again so before January transfer window they're not going to be looking them at as sorry it doesn't really make much sense but they're not going to be looking in into them as much if that it makes, much makes sense, sense yeah They've missed a chunk of the season, so they're not performing in that stage. They're just training. So people might just develop their own players and keep their own squads and just ride it out to the end of the season. You never know. Yeah, and you think as well with the January transfer window, typically clubs have
2: less money to spend. Um, I think majority of clubs you know, are pretty set with their squads. It's just about adding that that little element of competition into their squad and, and ahead of the summer. Summer typically is the the time of the year where where teams really spend big. So I think that that might be something else to factor in. And I think from my end, Reese Burke, I think in a way, we're lucky that he hasn't played too much football this year. I think if he were if a consistently fit Reese Burke was playing this season, I think we'd we'd struggle to keep hold of him. Um, I think he's of, you know, I think he's one of the best centre backs in the division. And we say about Naismith leaving, and you know the, the progressive capabilities he has and and had whilst at the club. I think Burke stepped into that role at the start of the season. I thought he, he brought the ball forward very well, both progressive uh, in his passing and bringing the ball out as well, running into the to the middle third. Um, I think Burke if we keep him fit for the rest of the season he's massive for us and again you know if he can play longer than a stretch of 10 games because it's so frustrating to to see a player get so many injuries uh, really preventing his progress I would love to see Reese Burke play more consistently at Luton town
3: yeah I I agree his performance against Chelsea in March was was just a- a- astonishing considering that game how it unfolded we led twice and obviously um to, you know, having to bring in Isted uh, for the 85 minutes of the game was 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 tough to watch. But you know, that was that was Luton stepping up to the European and World Champions. Let let, let us not forget that. That was a, an impressive Wednesday night at the Kenilworth Road. That I think many fans will will hang on to for quite a while. And I think it, it just shows that we have the capability of doing it. And and you know, for, for for the run that we we did get into the playoffs last season was amazing. I think we have in us and we have, I guess, a a reasonable amount of expectation to be able to do it again. Um, It's just a case of where Rob Edwards thinks we need to change and and where his vision of football um, needs to go. Hopefully that's for the positive and not for the negative.
4: Yeah, I think that Burke saying fit could be a huge factor of our season, whether it goes one way or the other. Definitely.
2: Definitely. I think he's As I said before, top quality player and it's frustrating. It is frustrating to see a player pick up, It's little injuries as well, um, which I guess is equally as frustrating. We'll go on to players that either are currently out on loan or you see in the squad that could go out on loan. Could you see see Luton recalling anybody? Um, I know we don't fully um, get to see clauses, so we don't know if, we have a recall clause in, in the majority of players. They're out on loan already. But if two clubs agree to to bring a player back, like, for example, Thorpe not playing too much at Burton, can you see that happening? Somebody like Thorpe coming back and then and maybe securing a, a League Two loan move to to ensure that he's playing enough football to, to justify his progression?
3: I, th- I think ultimately, I think Thorpe is, is, is one name, but one name I want to put out there is Peppel. Um, going to Grimsby, I was, I was extremely surprised when he was brought over from uh, I think Canada where he was over to, to, to Luton and then moved on to Grimsby I think to not have seen him have a, a run out at Luton first before moved on, on on a loan spell I think was disappointing considering what we were reading and, and, and seeing about him um, I think maybe you know, Carlos Mendes Gomez and, and Muskway, um, for the experience um, I think both have Developed and you know, even during the international break, I think, um, I think it was Mendes Gomez that scored an absolute worldie Um, so yeah, to see him back in the side would, would be good. But um, yeah, I think reviewing where, you know, what 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 don't make sense and what don't will be another key choice for for Edwards to make. And I think yeah, he might look to, to the experience of, of those who've been around longer than others. So, um, to see to see Musque and, and Mendes Gomez come back. Um, maybe along with Pepper would be would be interesting. I think it would maybe be unfair
4: to ask Mendes Gomez to be recalled because he's having such a good season at Fleetwood. He's settled into the side very well. He's starting every week. I just don't know if we could offer him that. Depends on how uh, Bob Edwards sets up. If he wants to play wide players, then maybe he could come back in and would start. But at the moment, I think... It's probably better to keep him at Fleetwood since he's having such a good season. He's on such good form. He's scoring some incredible goals. Uh, Musquey, I definitely wouldn't recall him. I don't think he's done enough this season to be recalled. I think even sending him out elsewhere on loan may help him. But I don't know. The only one I maybe would recall definitely is Elliot Thorpe. He's definitely not getting enough games on at Burton. He's not breaking through to the squad. That's not what we wanted to see. We all expected him to do big things there, and um, it's just not been a good deal for either party.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, Dion Pereira as well hasn't had that that same impact at Grimsby as um, his first spell there. Um, you'd think you'd think Elliot Thorpe would be somebody that would come back. It makes sense, as as Jake you said there, it makes sense for both parties if he's not playing football then what's the point of him sitting on their bench? You might as well come back to us and and continue training at a better standard and then try and secure maybe a League 2 low move where you can play more consistently. Um, I think we've said on the pod before, you might as well go and play regularly in League 2 and gain that experience than be a bit part player in League 1. I think that's um, something that, that may be decided. Another name I'm going to throw out there, Louis Watson. Um again we've only seen glimpses of him, but what I've seen, I've been very impressed by. Um I would say can you see him starting under under Rob Edwards, but we don't fully understand what the, the Rob Edwards way is going to be. Um I, I you know, we can guess at what that may look like, but we don't fully know. What do you see with Louis Watson? Do you see a player that will continue competing for a spot in the Team in the championship, or do you think he's better going out on loan and, and getting experience?
3: I, I think a, a loan spell would, would, would be good for him. I think, where I think we are, I guess, stronger in the midfield line, um, I think you'll do him good. Certainly, he's only, you know, I think what 22, I think he just turned. So, I think for him uh, at such a, a young point in his, um, his career, uh, we, we, we're doing well, and um, I think. You know he's, he's got room to develop, and hopefully, who's to say in, in the next year or so, we wouldn't be having a conversation about bringing him back? having seen him um, really develop what you know his, his game and, and, and see what he can bring into the side.
2: And yeah. then
3: a couple of players that have been rumoured
2: with Luton Town, um, we've seen Regan Paul. I'll come to you, Luke, because I see, um, you, you've done a little profile on Regan Paul, what Luton fans could expect if he was to arrive at Kenworth Road. Um, so I'll let you take the floor yeah, with Regan
3: Paul is the name that we need to be listening and, and talking about um, going over the festive period because I think what, what he brings to Lincoln City um, is it's just it's incredible. He didn't get much of, of, a, of a run of it um, going through the youth system, coming up through Cardiff and then Obviously, you know loan spells here and there, and then when he moved to Lincoln, I think it was January twenty twenty one, and to be part of the, um, well, the, the, the playoff final side that uh, lost out to Blackpool was was impressive, um, and I think I think they've made him captain as well. So I think that the way that he has developed his career and made an impact in in a similar way that Mendes Gomez has settled in at Fleetwood, I think, you know, to to really bring him in at a point where he, you can see him developing strides after stride after stride in his career, um, I think could make a positive impact within the Luton side.
2: Yeah, as you say there, um, made impressive steps with Lincoln, captain of the side, a real versatile option as well. He's a right-back by trade, but he's been task with playing uh, centre-back a lot this season um, mostly as a right side centre-back but but also as part of a solid back four so yeah I think that's something that, that Rob Edwards and co would look favourably at um, I think the initial report says that, that Luton will not be on their own in their pursuit there's a few other championship clubs monitoring him so that's one that might be a little bit more difficult to complete but you know the the way that Luton have developed players from from picking them up from lower divisions. I think that's always going to be a plus point and, and players and agents will probably see that as, as a good potential for, for uh, I guess, progress and, and development. So we'll see how that one goes on. We've also got one here, Ryan Porteous, and I'll come to you, Jake, about Ryan Porteous. Another centre-back, he's at Hibs. Um, doesn't look like he's going to sign a new deal. We've mentioned there about bolstering our our defensive options. He's bringing somebody that's played a lot of Scottish Premiership football over the last few
4: years. Is that worthwhile? Yeah, I think going into the SPFL to look for players is a smart move. Everyone thought at first Campbell might not be able to cut it, but it's clear he has. He revitalised our centre midfield last year. He got the player of the year, if I'm correct. And um, he just bolstered our squad. And was one of the fan favorites so going there again would not be a mistake if it did turn out wrong then you poke your hands up and say oh it didn't work out this time but you've got evidence that it can work so why not do it and we need a center back so it could be worthwhile and uh, he's clearly a, he's clearly a good defender and he's playing at a high level the SPFL is a lot better than a lot of people make out and um playing against teams like Celtic and Rangers who compete at the highest level of European football last year you see Rangers getting into the final of the Europa League, it just shows that he is up to standard. He is at the level. He can compete and he would probably fit straight into our side. He is definitely better than Osho, I think. I don't think he's ready for this level yet. Bradley, he's picking up too many injuries and I think he's kind of getting on a little bit now. Burke and Lockyer, I don't know if he's better than those two, but you could fit him in elsewhere there and then you could push Bree and Bell back out wide where they naturally play. Better, better better
2: myself, yeah, it'll be good to um, good to have a solid um defensive department again. Imagine having fully fit centre backs; it's something we can only dream of. We'll we'll go on to Middlesbrough now, and we uh, I guess it's a, a very very important game, uh, not to go out and get a result, but important for us to to see what Rob Edwards' side looks like, how we how we shape up. What, how we perform off the ball as well, which I think is going to be key. Do we still have that sort of same tenacity as we did under Nathan Jones? Of course, 90 minutes won't give us the full story, but it'll give an excellent indication as to what to expect. First of all, get your first impressions, um, starting with you, Jake, on Rob Edwards about you know what you've seen so far from the interviews and, and stuff like that. Do you think... Rob Edwards is the man that that's going to advance the project that, that Jones started.
4: I really do hope so, because the players all seem so positive about him. He seems positive, likewise, about the players. They sound like they're getting on well in training and they're working hard. So it will just be a test this first game to, to see what, what he can do, obviously, He's managed it at the Championship before. He wasn't really given much of a chance at Watford. But his record wasn't actually that bad there. I think he had 11 games and he, he won three and drew five and then obviously lost the other three. That's not a bad record, obviously. Watford aren't too patient with their managers. I think Gary Sweet will give him a lot more time. But he's coming up against uh, Michael Carrick, who hasn't managed before his uh, career at Middlesbrough. But he started well. He has only lost one game, which was his first game at Preston. Obviously, he's trying new things. And since then, he hasn't lost a game. I think he's got three wins out of four. And the other one was a draw, which they probably should have won. So, even if Rob Edwards does happen to lose at the weekend, you've got to look at Michael Carrick and think, right, he's a new manager coming in, a new level. He's just trying something. And then he's going to figure out his best squad and go from there.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. I think both managers will be under pressure and a lot of uh, scrutiny as to what they can bring to between either side, of course, Michael Carrick uh replacing Chris Wilder uh, at, at Borough and you know Borough have always been a, a strong team obviously you know former Premier League team and, and a team that are, are, are structured well Um so you, you know a, a lot of the home fans at the Riverside are going to be looking at him as much as the away fans are going to be looking at Rob Edwards a lot, a lot of fans are obviously going to be comparing him to you know to his time at Watford of course that's the, that's the Luton way but you know, showing that you know, this is the new era, and from, from what we have seen in, in the press conferences and, and what he said so far, um, this is the Rob Edwards who is determined to, to do a good job and 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 to really show, you know, why he was was so praised at, at Forest Green uh, in his time there. You know, if if we can get that Rob Edwards at Luton Town, and you know, maybe we can start realistically dreaming of top six.
4: Definitely. And looking
3: looking
2: at Rob Edwards, what he has shown at Forest Green and and that brief stint at Watford, do you expect too many changes from, from, you know, basically from a personnel perspective and from a tactical perspective? You know, he's got all the tools available to him, you would think that were similar to Forest Green, so do you expect, do you expect us to operate similar to,
4: to the way we operated under Jones? Do you see us being a little bit more possession-based? How, how do you see us? I think sort of... formation-wise this weekend, I think we will set up the sim, similar lead to how we did under Jones. I think the only changes you could see is obviously Burke maybe coming back in and then Bell could get the nod out wide instead of Doherty. Uh, I think there could be some changes in the midfield, but up top, I think he definitely will go with Morris and Adebayo if they are fit to start. Obviously, we'll find out tomorrow.
3: Completely agree. I don't think he will want to make too many brash decisions today um, for, for for Middlesbrough. But you know, when you look at we have got Millwall um, the, the the following Sunday at Kenilworth Road, and you know I think we got Norwich at, on Boxing Day. Um, you know, two difficult games um, that you know will will show what what needs to be done um, and and what challenges we, we face. And even if you look past that, you got QPR uh, before the new year, before an FA Cup tie against Wigan as well. Um, to name some of the games we've got um, over the next four or five weeks coming back after the World Cup. So it will be, what the, as, as you said, Billy, yeah, we won't be able to say much about the first 90 minutes, but I think the first four or five games um, over this Christmas and New Year period will, will show um, a lot about what Rob Edwards has for, for, for this club.
2: And Jake, looking at Middlesbrough, you mentioned before they're a team that have done well. Um, Luke, I think you said before as well that ex Premier League, they've always, you know, performed well. They've got a good setup in terms of core structure. What are you expecting from them, Jake? Are you expecting them to to you know, the likes of Isaiah Jones to, to run the show? Or do you think that under Carrick they're still
4: trying to find their feet? Do you do you expect them to really take the game to us? Uh yeah, I think that they will want to take the game to us. Obviously, they've had a month off just like us and uh they're going to want to get back into the get back into it thick and far. So, they're going to go for the win, obviously. Luton are obviously going to want to go for the win. You want to get back off to a positive start. But in terms of overall this season, I think Middlesbrough will definitely push on. Carrick wants to show that he can do a managerial job. They've already started to do that. They're only, I think, three points behind us and we're only about four points off the playoffs. It just shows how tight the league is. And um, I think the second half of the season, they will push for the playoffs along with us. Yeah. We're one point off the playoff. One point, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting get, get my
2: numbers sitting, mixed up. Yeah, that's how how tight the championships is at the moment. We're what tenth or eleventh after Sunderland's win at the weekend, and and we're one point off the playoffs. It's absolutely bizarre, but I guess it's better than than sitting a fair few points off the playoffs. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely take it. Luke coming to you, Middlesbrough away, a um, side that that typically. Well, I guess going from last year as well, they They, dumped, they, they played very well against us. Their that they're a side are set up very well in, in sort of core positions. They've got strength, um, sort of Azai Jones as well, uh, and, and Ryan Giles, two, two very attacking wing-backs. I guess you can say that they set up similar to, to the way we play, but probably a bit more possession-based now under, under Carrick.
3: Yeah, you, you said it perfectly right. I think... Well, we might see a sort of similarity between the two teams and I think with what we said about the management and, and the pressure on both to to see what the, what they can bring to, to, to both clubs I think we won't be seeing as much of a a disparity between formations and, 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 and playing style uh, but like you said i I see a lot more possession place, uh based uh, game from, from from middlesbrough whereas Luton will be looking to um sort of see past that and and, and look, to, look to make chances. Right, we'll come to everybody's favourite part
2: of today's episode. It's the score predictions. And we've got two because we'll go back to the England one as well because, as we said before, it's got the potential to, to be an excellent day for two of us. And After learning of, of Luke's Ireland connections, then, yeah, it can't uh, I do have to admit... I've got to
3: say something. You said, said it at the start of the, of, of the podcast that the expectation on the England team is absurd. As an Irishman, Stephen Kenny as, as Republic of Ireland manager is is horrifically bad. We, we know this. Like we, we struggled to get three points against Malta. We, we just about stayed in our, our league and in, in the National League by beating Armenia. We're getting really terrible results and the sooner he can get fired the better. Uh, please and thank you. Um, but what, when Ireland get to a major tournament, we, we are proud to be there and whatever happens... We have a good time, and you know, if we lose all three games, oh well, we got there, we we achieved it. What we see in the English press and the English media is, we must win, we must do better, we must uh, get to the semi-finals and find. We know we can do it, we we can we can win it, we can win it, we can win. And it's just shocking how, even from from the Iran game when they won six two, they just were so full of confidence when that was only one result, and I feel that. You know, it's been a problem with England for such a long time that they always put pressure on every single game and every single decision when actually it's a World Cup. You know, it's still an achievement to get there. Yes, England are being more consistent um, than, than other teams, but oh. the the amount of pressure that Gareth Southgate is on um, is absurd. Um, I know if, if Ireland were in the same position, it would be the complete opposite. Um, so, yeah, I think... <laughs> A lot of people are losing sight of that. That regardless of, of the result on Saturday, the fact they got to a quarterfinal of the World Cup is still a pretty decent achievement in, in a tournament which has been so controversial yet so surprising for, in, in so many different ways. Um, I, th- I yeah, I, I, all, all I gotta say is just take a step back, lads. Um, but having said that, Ireland do face France in the Euro qualifiers next year, so mm-hmm. if, if somebody could take out Mbappe's legs, just just somebody. I'll I'll, sell, I'll I'll send I'll I'll send a Manila envelope, um, personally addressed with a Christmas card. You know, so yeah, I, I, I think to, to go first with the score prediction, I think for, for England, I'm gonna say two one France, but I'm saying two one as it I see it going to extra time. I see Mbappe and Kane getting on the score sheet, and I see it being uh, a very last minute winner. Um, or even maybe penalties, uh, and I say 2-0 Luton. I see Adebayo and Morris get on the score sheet again.
4: Um, I have to admit my, my Scottish heritage, but um, I do actually support both Scotland and England. I, I like to see them both do well, because obviously I've got heritage from both sides. I think, as Luke said, you coming up against France, wouldn't you be back in England after what they did to you, Thierry Henry's oh, 2009.
3: To... Over, over, that now. 2009, <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that, that was a long yeah, but... time ago. That, that, was a, that was a team with Robbie Keane and Damien Duff and Shay Given. I would dream, have wet dreams about that side. Now. <laughs> we, we like it, Another point of the Ireland side, we had James Collins coming through and then he moved to Cardiff and then his career fell off a cliff. I mean, it's it, it's such a frustrating side that the Ireland team have that we've got the quality in, in Callum Robinson and um, Ogbonne and, oh, and nice. Gavin Bazunu. another name that I'd happily love to see at Kenilworth throw with the way that he's shown himself not only for, um, I think he's at Southampton now, but, uh, but his time at Portsmouth and for the Republic of Ireland. Um, if, if anyone wants to go back to see his performance against Portugal um, at a time where we were playing poorly but managed to put up a fight against Cristiano Ronaldo, for for a nineteen year old, it was just astonishing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, Ar- Ar- Ireland are at such a different time to how we were thirty years ago. So so go on, can, can continue to to make your point.
4: <laughs> okay, for for my score predictions, I think that it will be 0-0 uh, full time, and then I think England are going to ride out a one 0 victory in extra time. And I think I think the defense is going to manage to be able to keep Mbappe out. It's going to be a very close game with lots of chances, but. Not a lot of goals, which obviously I didn't expect because you've got a lot of goal scorers in there, a lot of attacking threat, but I think the defences are going to do a great job to cancel each other out. And then for the Luton game, I'm going 2-2. I think there'll be goals in that one, but I just don't think there'll be a winner. I think both teams will be going for it and uh, they'll both show their qualities, but it will end in a point each.
2: See, I've got a reputation doing the Oak Road Hatter podcast of being very pessimistic and it's always brought up because I'm the one that always predicts a loss or a draw or whatever. But today, I feel good. I feel good about England and, and Luton's chances of doing a double. Not so. I wouldn't put a bet on it because that, that will just completely write out my luck. <laughs> but I'm going to go for a 3-1 England win. I don't, I, Mbappe, yes, he's a good player, but his attitude is awful. And if things aren't going right for him, I don't think he'll be um, as effective. And as for Luton, I think Rob Edwards' era is going to start with a really, really scrappy one 0 win, and we're going to have us Luton fans are going to have the the a great day, uh, especially complain, if it's a game. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a real good occasion on Saturday. There's no, but, nothing wrong with being optimistic. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and then if it goes disastrous, if it's disastrous, then I will rein in my optimism for the rest of <laughs> these episodes, because yeah, it's gonna be, yeah, it's, it's a rare occasion that I do, I, I, I put it in something optimistic. So when it does, um, yeah, people tend to to watch out a little bit more and see me as the kiss of death. So let's uh, let's hope it doesn't play out that way. <laughs> Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. A big thank you to everybody listening as well. Check us out on our socials. We are, of course, um, what are we? We are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. We are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram. And we are Oak Road Hatter on Facebook. Also check out our website. We're up in the frequency of articles. So we've got www.oakroadhatter.com. We'll be back next week as we discuss Rob Edwards' game, uh, first game in charge. Um, we'll finally get to see how we set up, what we're like, what the score will be, and we can get back to somewhat normality as we head into the Christmas period. And until next
0: time, it's goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.